is just simply to have a heart-to-heart with our Kingsway family. Uh, if you're watching tonight or listening online, we just we just consider you part of our Kingsway family. It doesn't doesn't matter if you're in BC. It doesn't matter if you're out east uh, in in uh, Nova Scotia. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are. You're part of our Kingsway family, and uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're part of His family, and that's something that is uh, just some. There's no time, space, distance that that. Um, separates that family. And so, you know, tonight, uh, I just wanted to just kind of walk us through a few things. Uh, There's so many changes going on. As you heard from our announcements, there's a lot of changes going on here, but there's just, there's just a lot of change going on everywhere right now. Uh, We are, uh, as much as I hate to say it, we're at the change of a season again. Man, these nights are colder. It's already dark outside. Uh, If if you're watching somewhere else, I mean, it's like 730 and it's, it's dark here. I'm like, man, like where, summer, where are you? But uh, the changes are, are happening. Uh, back to school uh, is changing. And again, uh, reopening Kingsway is going to be a big change for us as a, as a family. And as I've been thinking about this and, and pondering what reopening looks like and just praying about this change, uh, there's just been some things that have, that, that have just become clear to me that I want to share with our Kingsway family because it's not about me. It's about, it's about us being his, uh, his family. Um, last weekend was my anniversary. Well, I shouldn't say mine because it was ours. But, uh, Beth and myself celebrating 17 years being married. Uh, and I always say it was like, well, this year I will say it's, like, it was the, it's been the best 16 years of my life. You know, the first year was a little bumpy, but after that it has been, uh, there, there's been a lot of bliss and uh, had a chance to go to the falls and just relax for a day and a half and and uh, sit down and just chat together and it was it was just it was an excellent time away uh, and my in-laws they they wanted to make it as special as possible so they watched our kids and they said hey take our new car uh, my mother-in-law's got this brand new Subaru and so I'm like ah I just like man if stuff that's brand new I'm scared to touch but uh, we hopped in there and we drove and as we're driving all of a sudden this like I I just going across the line and it auto corrects it just it begins to steer you back to where you're supposed to be. I'm like, what? Like, I tried, you know, can I drive with no hands? And yes, you, you can. I won't ever do it again, I promise, Mom. But it actually does steer you away from the danger. And I thought, man, this, is, this thing is incredible. Until it started talking to me. Then I got offended. Because as I'm driving, all of a sudden, the, the beep, beep, beep. It's like, keep your eyes on the road. And I'm like, well, I'm watching the warning sign that's telling me to keep my eyes on the road. But there were so many changes uh, in the, as I'm driving out there, things, new things I hadn't seen before. And all of these like, things that become distractions. And the car knows. I don't know how it knows, but it knows. And it sees where my eyes, and it's like, hey, keep your eyes on the road. And I feel like that's kind of where we are as a church right now, that there are so many changes going on around us that we can have our eyes drawn to and focused on those changes rather than keeping our eyes on the road collectively as a, as a church. There's lots of changes and there's lots more to come. Uh, and when we get focused on the, on the peripherals, when we get focused on the things that have changed or the things that are, are not normal, we, we can miss the, the main point, the mission of why we're here. You know, the mission hasn't changed other than one word. We're, we're here to build a healthy, life-giving, online church that unchurched people want to become a part of. And, and that's just our wording for the command that Jesus gave us. You know, Jesus' command to the church has never changed. It's, it's been the same since he met with his first disciples right before he went to heaven. And he said to them, you know, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go reach lost people. Go tell them the good news. 
You know, whoever believes and is baptized, they're going to be saved. And then he said as well, he said, you know what, go, go into all the world and, and make disciples. You know, the ones who respond to the good news, make disciples, which is a disciplined follower of Jesus. Not just somebody who says, oh, you know, I, I attend a church. He said, it's bigger than that. And so our hope over the next number of weeks and, and months and potentially years is really to embrace that, that idea of making disciples. That if you're at home or you're here, it, it won't matter. Our goal is to see Jesus' followers, disciples who, who know how to study the word. You know, we look at the New Testament in the book of Acts. We see that they did a bunch of things. They studied the word together. They knew how. They taught one another. They, uh, they would learned how to pray. And for some of you, man, being home during COVID was one of the best things that could happen for your spirituality because you've taken the time to learn how to pray with your family and pray on your own out loud in your home or in your car. And that's new for you. And we want to disciple that and continue to see that grow in your life, you know, to worship together. I know for some of you are like, man, it ain't the same. Like, I just can't wait to get back in the building. It's going to be worshiped the way I remember. The presence of God is in that building. I can just feel it. There's something different about that. Can I tell you, it's not going to be the same as it once was. But our goal is to see you become a worshiper, one who worships in spirit and in truth. It doesn't matter the song. It doesn't matter... Um, the time or the space, but that you become a, a true worshiper of Christ in your life. And then as well in community, that you would develop community for some. As, you know, this whole COVID thing just stripped away all of your support system because it was all built on being in this building. And now you're like, oh, I'm just desperate to get back to that building. That's where my support system and friends are. <laughs> you know, it's going to be very, very different when you get back here. And our hope is that you'll build such strong community relationships here that should this ever happen again, you'll end up at home but surrounded with a great group of people. You know that your life would be a, a living uh, sacrifice, just being disciple, a disciple of Jesus. And then finally, that the next generation, that we would be disciples who reach the next generation, the, the generation of young people coming along. And that's going to look different uh, than, it, than it has before. Big changes happening there as well. But the, the goal, the reason for that there's all of this change is that we would actually not just talk about what Jesus said. You know, we not talk about just reaching lost people, but that we would live that out. What, what's the best way that we could live that out and reach lost people? What's the best way that we could not just talk about being disciples and making disciples, but what's the best way for us to live that out? And we believe that that small group connection opportunity is the very best way to live that out. You know, and so that's why part of the things we, we're encouraging those tonight and, and, uh, and, you know, in the weeks to come, if you're part of a house party, you're actually probably experiencing the exact same thing in your house party that you would experience if you came back to the building. You, there, there won't be anything different in here than out there uh, where you are. And we'd encourage you to, to stay in your house party. Maybe you're like, what's a house party? I, I know what a home group is or home church or house church or whatever you want to call it. You could call it, you know, the group that likes chickens, Corollas, and Jesus. Uh, that's fine. You can call it whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. The name's not important, but the mission is important. That, that, we would, that we would have so ingrained in us that that mission is what our eyes are on, that when the changes happen all around, it's like, beep, 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 keep your eyes on the road. Keep your eyes on the mission. It's what he's called us to. You know, we think about, well, what, what's the greatest way to reach people? Can, can I just tell you that right now, I think that the greatest way that we're going to be able to reach people 
reach people who are far from Christ, reach people who've drifted from Christ, is simply the, this thought, to make room for one more. You know, when I was in Guatemala, I, I don't know if Grant, if you're watching, um, some of you have gone to Guatemala with us. There's this running joke in Guatemala that says, how many Guatemalans can you fit in a minivan? And if you've been to Guatemala, shout out the answer. Just one more. Like, it doesn't matter how many are in there, as long as you can get one more <laughs> in the minivan. And I've been there. You know, we're driving around these vans, and it's hot, and it's sweaty. And we're like, we see somebody there, like, hey, can I get a ride? And I'm like, you're definitely going to say no this time. But no, it's like, sure, hop in or hop on or just hang on the back. We will get you there. And, uh, you know, as I, as I uh, thought about that, I, I thought, you know, when we picked up those, you know, those extra Guatemalans, it didn't make the trip uh, more comfortable. I promise you. You know, what's worse than being hot and sweaty in a minivan that's full? Adding one more hot, sweaty person to the minivan. It was not more comfortable. It wasn't easier and it wasn't more convenient. It actually took us longer to get to our destinations because we would have to drive all over different places and drop those ones off before we went home because we're in the main vehicle. So it wasn't any easier uh, as well. I mean, like you're driving that extra distance, like, uh, you know, but there's something about driving an extra distance for someone, going out of your way for someone. Do you know that when you love someone, that doesn't feel, it, it feels totally different. I remember when back in the day, Beth and I were dating, she was in Redeemer and, and I would have to drive an hour out of my way to go see her. And it felt like I didn't love the drive, but I didn't matter. I was going to go because I loved this woman. And, you know, it's the same, that's that same heart motivation that if we have this love for people, yeah, it might not be easier. It might not feel comfortable. It might be a little bit of a different than, than what we were used to. But because I love people, <laughs> hey, how many can fit? Yeah, just one more. So in our home groups, in our house parties, our hope is that you would get to the size where you always have room for just one more. If your house is full and you're like, we have no room for one more, then it's probably time to start another group so that there's room for just one, just one more. You know, when I think about the, the just one more, I think about Jesus. You know, when he hung on that cross, it sure wasn't comfortable. It sure wasn't convenient. It sure wasn't easy. But he was motivated by love to to give his life for people like me and, and people like you and, and people that don't even know him yet. Because, you know, last week we talked about Zacchaeus and how Jesus came and said, I came to seek and save those who are lost. I came looking for lost people. And, you know, that's really the heart of the church is that we would be looking for lost people, looking for that second part, you know, the unchurched person who they may not even realize that they're lost you know, I was thinking about this. I was reminded of the story of back back in the day. My uh, my mom's she's a good Dutch mom. She had five kids and. She was a brave Dutch mom. She took those five kids to the grocery store. Uh, and we were there at the grocery store. And I, I, I remember she's got one kid on a leash, one in the buggy, you know, the, the other three kind of huddling around. And, and I remember my brother, Derek, he's the one just under me. Uh, he, he wanders off into the store on his own adventure. And I'm like, I didn't go because I'm like, you know, hashtag the good son and hashtag just way too scared to leave my mom. But I'm like staying there where he goes off. And, and all of a sudden we go down some aisles. And man, my brother Derek's like, he's, he's been gone for a couple minutes and then I as we turn around this one aisle I see him at the far end of the of the grocery store at another aisle and he looks terrified like he's looking everywhere like where where's my family right and then all of a sudden he sees us and you just see his eyes like they just oh finally and he runs straight for my mom and he grabs her leg he's like he just shouts out oh I'm so glad I found you I was lost 
And then he looks up into her eyes and realizes it's not mom at all. It's just another strange woman at the store. And, and uh, all, all of a sudden he's like, oh, and we see him and we're, and then he recognizes and he comes running. Like, you can't blame him. He was only 15 at the time, right? So you can't like, you know, give him a hard time. But, but have you ever been in that spot where you felt lost? Man, like that feeling of, feeling of lost. We just went through a whole series talking about being adrift. But I wonder if we, you know, remember what it was like to, to feel lost. And, and, and when Jesus said he came for lost people, he kept talking about it, right? He told stories about, you know, lost coins and, and lost uh, sheep and, and lost sons, lost people. This is who he came for. But he didn't just tell people about it. He actually, he, he did something about it. And that's the mission. See, I'm, you know, I want to I seek and save lost people. And that's his heart. My, my question is, is it, is it our heart? Because we're going to come up to some things that are going to have to change. And they're not going to be comfortable. They may not be easy. They may not be convenient. But if we remember that the reason we're doing them is to reach just one more lost person, it'll be worth it. And that's my hope as, as Kingsway family, that we, would, that we would weigh that out. What am I willing to do for just one more lost person? Because maybe that lost person's watching tonight. Maybe that's you. You know, as you're sitting here listening and, you know, Jesus simply described lost people as just people not connected to their Heavenly Father. You know, for some, maybe the light, your life feels real empty and maybe for you it feels like purposeless or he just, he, he, there's like, there's, there's great pain in there and you wonder, you, you just like, is, is this all there is to life? And you just, you'd say, yeah, you know what, I, if there's a God, I, I definitely, I don't feel connected to him. That's what we mean by lost people. But you know that God knows your name and he's actually on a mission to find you. And maybe you're watching tonight because this is part of his plan that you would reach out to him and say, God, I didn't know you were there, but I do know now. You know, there's people tonight, maybe you're watching, man, your life's good. Like everything seems to be fine. But I'd encourage you to think about those moments. You know, when, when you lose a loved one and you sit there and you wonder, man, is there, is, is there more to this life than just this life? Or, or are they just gone? And the thoughts are there. Or you go through something difficult, big change, like we've experienced with COVID, and you, you wonder, like, oh, you know, is, is, is there a God? Like, what's going on? It's in those moments that we wonder about some very, very powerful things. And maybe you don't have the answer to it, and you just say, man, I feel, lo- I feel lost. That's who our Jesus came to find and, and maybe tonight that's you and I'd encourage you simply just to reach out to him as we as we continue to talk about this tonight. You know, Jesus had a solution for lost people. He he had a solution. He knew that the thing that was hindering people from being connected to their heavenly father, the thing that that was breaking everything, the thing we call sin, he's like, I will do whatever it takes to deal with that so that people can know their Heavenly Father. They can know that He's looking for them and they can respond to Him. And, you know, that, that's what He did. Being driven and motivated, motivated by love. You know, Jesus simply said to His followers, go out and preach good news. Go share the good news wherever you go. Uh, Mark, one of the people who hung out with Paul, uh, hung out with Peter, he wrote down the final words of Jesus. He said this, Mark 16, verse 15. He said, He told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Who's, <laughs> who needs to hear the good news? A- Everyone, everyone needs the good news. You know, in a time where we have bad news, we have fake news, we have biased news, we have stupid news, we really need some good news. Everyone needs some good news. 
But then he goes on to say this. He's like, share it with everyone. And then he says, but anyone, anyone who believes or anyone who trusts in that good news and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe or refuses to trust, he, he says, will be condemned. When he talks about the anyone, that's that just one more. He's saying, you know, this, this might be a message for the crowds, but I'm calling individuals. I'm calling that one person tonight. The one person that you know, maybe for you, like I, I ask, you know, us to think about tonight, who's the everyone's in our life? Maybe it's a single mom who lives next to you. Maybe, maybe it's that, you know, maybe it's your boss. He's a white collar worker on the outside, but inside he's stressed right out. Maybe for you, it's the guy at the feed store that you see, you know, every couple weeks when you pick up your chicken feed. Maybe it's the guy you've been helping that feed the need or, or somebody you've been dropping food off for. Who's the everyone who might need to hear some good news. You know, the, the anyone's is who he's calling out to, that one person. You know, the, the good news, as I've been thinking about just that thing, that warning, beep, 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 get, keep your eyes on the road. Paul said, too, keep your eyes on the prize. You know, keep your eyes on the goal, uh, the, the high calling of Jesus Christ. He says, I don't, he says, what I'm going to preach, is I'm just going to preach Christ and preach him crucified. I'm just going to preach the good news. I'm not coming with fancy words. Our message is simply the good news, the gospel. You know, right now, I think there's just so many distractions around us. Like the idea of reopening church can just become a distraction. The things that you come in like, well, I don't like this or I didn't like that. Or the, 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 the changes maybe for you, that's COVID. That's the distraction. When you talk with people, it's all you talk to them about. Or maybe it's the masks to wear them or not to wear them or to vaccinate or not to vaccinate. That is the question. You know, maybe for you, it's like Trump, his, his next triumph or Fauci's greatest fallacy or what, whatever it is. All of these things that they're peripherals. They, they, they really don't matter. Not, not if they take your attention off of the gospel. The gospel, the good news, that's the thing that hasn't changed. And it won't change because it doesn't need to. It's powerful enough to save back then. It's powerful enough to save today. And it's what so many need. You know, as I was reading this morning, it was just interesting reading 1 Corinthians. Uh, just in my daily reading, here's what came up. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. And it's reflecting on the beauty and the power of the good news. And Paul, a guy who... Um, Man, he, he, he was somebody who's so in need of the good news and a life so changed by it. Here's, here's what he writes. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. Do you know, sometimes I think we think the good news is for like unchurched people. But the good news is for us too, brothers and sisters, that we would be reminded of the good news. You know, the enemy wants to, you to focus on the past and immobilize you, keep you from moving forward. But, but Jesus wants you to focus on the good news. It's, it's this good news that has saved us. He says in verse 2, it is this good news that saves you if you continue to trust that message I told you. Unless, of course, you believed in something that was never true in the first place. Or some translations say, unless, unless you never really believed it or never really trusted it. But if you really trusted it, you know that it's changed you. And he simply says, this is what the good news is. He says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me, that Christ died for our sins. You know, we think about all the sucky stuff going on on the planet, the brokenness. I'm like, man, that, that's sin wreaking havoc on our planet. And yet, the power of the good news hasn't lost uh, any weight as a result. 
that the redemptive power of God's grace, <laughs> it's incredibly good news. It's not good advice. Uh, a guy named N.T. Wright read that this week. He's, he said the, the gospel, the good news, isn't, isn't just good advice. It's not, hey, here's how you can live your life better, or here's how you can cope with the stuff you're struggling with. It's not it's not that at all. It's actually good news of something that happened, that, that here's how your life can be changed, can be transformed, that, that your sins, the things that brought all this brokenness, Christ paid for those. He, he, he took those to the cross, and you can be transformed. You know, I, man, I, I was listening to this story on, uh, on, the, on the Bible app, just a, a young woman sharing the verse of the day, and she began by saying, you know what, there was this girl who, when she was uh, in her, um, she was like six years old, she was abused by her stepfather. And she finally reached out and told somebody her stepfather ended up in prison. And uh, afterwards, after he had done his time, when he came out of prison, she was, I think, 13, she said, that her mom took her to the prison and they brought that man back home into their house and he continued to abuse her for years to come. And you know what she's sharing on the Bible app? She's like, you know what? Man, I just want to tell you about the peace that I have in my life and the joy that I have in my life. And I'm like, well, peace? Joy? What? How is that possible? Shouldn't that have ruined the rest of her life? Not. That's the, that's the power of the gospel. That's the power that grace has to redeem the past. That what was tragic and what was tragedy has now become a testimony and a triumph in her life. And she says, you know what? He's so done and changed my heart that I can now reach out to others who've been through the same things as me and help them see that for themselves. That's the power of the gospel. Man, we're talking about all this other stuff around. We're forgetting that we have the greatest news that the world needs. And this week I sat with Georgina I was finally allowed to visit her in the hospital. She's, she's dying of cancer. And as Georgina sat there, she told me, she's like, Mark, my, my memory's kind of going. I'm having a hard time remembering things. And Georgina's told me a number of stories a number of times. And one of them is about how she came to Christ. And, and I just asked her, like, Georgina, do you remember? Do you remember when you started following Jesus? And she, her eyes lit up. And she's like, I remember that like it was yesterday. She says to me, Mark, I, I, somebody invited me to church. And you know what church it was? It was this building. She was 13. She's in her 70s now. 60 years ago, someone invited her to this building. It wasn't Kingsway back then, but it didn't matter. She got invited here, and she said, I didn't understand anything that guy said. <laughs> and then, and then the same person invited her to go to a David Wilkerson um, uh, meeting in Niagara Falls. And so they went to the meeting, and she's like, she heard about these young people that he was reaching out to. She was so touched and moved by it that she, that she came home, and she's like, I just couldn't sleep. I just couldn't get it out of my mind. And then this lady invited her to church again, and she came, and at the end of the service, she says, Mark, I don't remember who the pastor was. I don't remember the message. I don't remember much of that. But I remember he said, hey, is there anybody here who wants to give your life to Christ? And she said, my head shot up. She said, I climbed over those pews because the people weren't getting out of my way fast enough. I ran to the front. I don't know if I was the only one, but I gave my heart to Christ right there and then. And she says, you know what? You might not believe this, but when I walked away from there, I was a different person. I wasn't the same mean, angry Georgina that had walked up to the front. I was changed. You know, my kids have been collecting monarch caterpillars and watching that transformation of them going into the chrysalis and coming out as beautiful butterflies. That is what God does in our lives through the gospel. That is what we need to be reminded of them. We, might, we, we once were, you know, that sluggy looking, uh, ugly caterpillar, but man, he has transformed us. I'm not just a better version of me. I'm a new me. It's the people who would say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. A guy named Peter who said, you know what? I denied him. 
And I was a doubter. I once was lost, but now I'm found. A man named Paul who would say, you know what? I once was a murderer and I was lost, but because of Jesus, now I'm found. An adulterer who came up to, to Jesus and, and she was about to, to lose her life he, until he rescued her. She says, man, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Zacchaeus, a thief who robbed his own countrymen, who would say, you know what? I once was lost, but because of Jesus, now I'm found. And a guy named Mark who looks back and says, you know what? I once was this this goody two-shoes religious person on the outside, trying to do all the right things and be the right person. You know, I was so broken, lonely, and empty inside. I once was lost, but now I'm found. That's the power of the gospel. The power of the good news. And Kingsway, that is our mission and that is our call, that we would share good news. Uh, Let me just leave you with two quick stories. I hope that Holy Spirit is drawn on your heart tonight is this. Two true stories. Both of them you can watch in movies. Uh, One's the name of a guy named Oscar Schindler. Oscar Schindler, famous for Schindler's List. He was uh, a German businessman who lived during the uh, World War and as people were being, his business was right near Auschwitz where Jews were being uh, murdered every single day. And as he realized that his staff, the 1,200 people that worked at his company, their very lives were in danger. He moved his company to another place so that they would be safe. And when the SS came looking for Jewish people, he bribed them to leave them alone. And he would pay them off. He ended up paying off his whole fortune in order to save these 1,200 Jewish employees. And at the end of it, as you watch the movie, at the end of the movie, Oscar Schindler says, as he's looking around at the 1,200 lives that have been saved, and they're thanking him, he looks and he sees this car and he says, that car, why did I keep that car? That car was 10 people, 10 real lives. And he says, and he looks at a ring and he says, this ring, it's gold. If I had sold it, I could have saved one more, just one more. And he, he, he's riddled with guilt. And tonight, you know, as I share this, it's not to riddle us with guilt. You know, it doesn't say that for God felt so guilty that he sent his son. <laughs> it's just that God loved the world. That we would have that same motivation of love for people. That it's like, you know what? What is worth saving just one more? And the second true story is the story of Desmond Doss. Desmond Doss, I forget the name of the, the battle he fought in Okinawa or something. It was, it was a place they called Hacksaw Ridge. Desmond Doss was a medic who didn't want to carry a weapon. <laughs> he refused to. And they all thought he was just like this little, this little wimpy guy until they were fighting on Hacksaw Ridge. And, and Desmond Doss realized that his countrymen above were being slaughtered. And he would run onto the battlefield and he would rescue. He grabbed one man, he dragged him to safety. And then he had to lower him down with a rope 30 feet down to the beach below and then draw the rope back up. And he prayed, Lord... Help me save just one more. And he ran out back into that battlefield and he came back and he's exhausted dragging these full-grown men back to the point and he lowered him down and as the rope came up, he prayed, God, Lord, help me save one more. And he ran back in there and at the end of the story, we realized that Desmond Doss saved 75 men single-handedly because his prayer was, Lord, help me save just one more. And that's our heart. It's my heart. That's why in everything that we're doing and every change that you might love or hate, whatever it might be, is that simply people may know the truth about who Jesus is and that we, we might be willing to pray that prayer. God, would you help us 
rescue just one more. God, would you help us make room somehow, whether that's in this building or in my home, for just one more? What's your prayer? What's, what are you willing to do to see just one more come to know Christ? And maybe, like we said tonight, you're the one who's watching. You don't know him. <laughs> Jesus came on a mission to save you. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. He knows your past. He's not holding that against you. He's inviting you to leave that behind and allow him to transform you. That your past doesn't have to define your future anymore. That all that sin and that stuff that's led to death in all kinds of areas and ultimately leads to death in our lives. None of us are going to escape that. But the gospel shows us our future, that he will conquer death as well. That death has no sting. You know why? Because he was resurrected from the dead. That really happened. And he said he was just the first. Death will have no hold on us because one day after we succumb to whatever it is on this planet, COVID or whatever it may be, however it is that we check out, there'll be the day when that trumpet sounds and we will rise again. We will be restored. We know it already because if you have the Holy Spirit on the inside, you already know that resurrection life is resurrecting you right now. Man, what an incredible, incredible gift we have for the world. Let us not forget why we are here. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, thank you for just the challenge you put on on my heart. The reminder of the ways you do it. The ways you find to grab my attention and bring me back to what you desire for my life. Thank you. Thank you. God, I I lift up this gathering of Jesus' followers, your, your church. This group that we call Kingsway, but you call family. Lord, would you lead us through this change? Would you lead us through this time? Just like Moses said, God, if your presence doesn't go, then we're not going. Lord, may you help us to keep in step with you. Holy Spirit, that, whether that's through me or somebody else in, in this place, that we would hear your voice leading and directing us, that your mission might be accomplished in and through this group of your passionate followers. Thank you for that, Heavenly Father. We pray for lost people tonight, that you'd break our hearts for them, that you'd give us hearts that, that, that just have such compassion for those around us. Help us to see people the way you see them, Lord, and to take the opportunities we have to reach out to them, to let them know that you love them, that you're looking for them. Thank you, Jesus, for conquering death, conquering sin, conquering our past, for changing our lives. We owe you an incredible debt. I'm grateful to serve you as a result. It's in your name for your glory, I pray. Amen.